Welcome back to the emergency goalies. Uh, another pretty good week for the Blackhawks. Not a perfect week, but uh, pretty good. So I'm going to kick it to Michael to recap this uh, last three games this week. Michael? Uh, yeah, so last week we talked, uh, uh, when we recorded last week, the, the Blackhawks were riding a five-game winning streak. And uh, as we previewed the three games that were coming up for the Blackhawks over this past week, uh, we had kind of said that uh, if the Hawks had, were going to stay on the their recent trajectory and stay involved in the playoff hunt, uh, they'd have to take uh, at least two out of three of the games. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, they extended their winning streak to six games with a four to three victory over Vancouver, who um, at the time was holding the uh, eighth and final playoff spot in the Western conference. So that was a big game for the Blackhawks. It ended up only being an overtime victory. So Vancouver still walked away with a point. So that was less than ideal, but Hey, the Hawks still got two points, closed the gap a little bit. So uh, you can't really complain too much about that. Uh, Hawks got off to a good start in the game. Thanks to their power play. Um, Debrinket and uh, Saad both scored. Uh, so that was both units of the power play, the first and the second unit getting involved and, uh, you know, continuing on the hot stretch for the power play that uh, has been a big component of their recent winning ways. Uh, Vancouver did uh, come back and tie it uh, two to two in the second uh, with some pretty early goals in that period too. Uh, so it, Really kind of changed the momentum a little bit there, but uh, Dubrinkit was able to score uh, his 28th goal uh, kind of later in that period. And it looked like the Blackhawks might be able to hold on uh, through the, the rest of the game. Uh, Vancouver was definitely peppering them a little bit in the third period. And uh, unfortunately, uh, Elias Pettersson did uh, uh, eventually break through and tie the game at three to three uh, with less than two minutes to play. Uh, it was a power play goal. Um, and uh, if I, if I remember correctly, uh, Vancouver had a couple of power play chances there late and finally, finally did break through. Um, but Hey, uh, OT started. And uh, after a little bit of back and forth, uh, Jonathan Taves, ended up getting the game winner uh, on an assist from Dylan Strom. Both of those guys have been playing really strong of late. And, um, you know, as I said, it was enough to at least get the the Blackhawks that second point and narrow the gap a little bit. Yeah, it was also, um, I should add, a very nice goal for Taves. Like, highlight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the better goals of the year, too, I would say, yeah. Definite, definitely nice. Um, and then, uh, they had a couple of days off and, uh, before they got to take on Detroit and as we had previewed, Detroit is not a good team and the Blackhawks were able to, uh, come away with a five to two victory in that game. Uh, once again, they got up, uh, two to nothing after the first period, Dominic Cahoon and Dylan Strom both scored that. That second line has been playing so well for the Blackhawks of late, um, giving them a really nice boost to to be able to get scoring out of a line that doesn't involve either Taves or Kane. 
and uh, Dylan Strom just he's he's been setting up a lot of plays. Um, once they get into the offensive zone, and uh, Cahoon is really uh, um, complimented him well as a guy that can uh, gain entry into the zone and kind of curl back and wait, uh, kind of like. Uh, what Patrick Kane does um, and a a decent facsimile of that and allow Strom to kind of catch up um, and get into, get involved in the play. And both of those guys are very good passers and they, they've worked really well off of each other. And generally it results in um, a a nice setup to uh, Debrinket at some point, but uh, Strom has also been burying his chances but it was nice to see in this game uh, Cahoon get uh, um, rewarded for his good play. So, like I said, he had scored the, the first goal of the game. It was his 10th. Um, Blackhawks held a 2-1 to no, or a two to one lead heading into the third when Cahoon scored again. And all three of those plays that that line uh, ended up scoring on were, were nice plays. Um uh, Detroit did end up narrowing the gap to three to two, uh, but a couple of late goals by Kane and Taves uh, extended out that lead. It was kind of a a, um, a lot like a lot of the Blackhawks' victories of late. Although this one didn't involve any power play goals, it was nice to see um, four or five on five goals, and then the uh, the Taves goal uh, late that was icing on the cake was an empty netter, but. Um, beyond the fact that they didn't score on the power play uh, similar in that they're getting outshot in most games. Um, but that, that, that top level talent on the Blackhawks has been able to stay hot here for quite some time and capitalize. And yeah, there may not be getting as many shots as the other team, but um, they seem to be getting as many high quality chances as the other team. And at least right now, the, that, that core group of guys is burying those chances at a higher rate than what the competitions they've been able to do. Uh, so that extended the Blackhawks winning streak to seven games, which obviously, um, you know, is a pretty big deal. And it, it, it has propelled them back into playoff contention, although they haven't, they, or at least the last few days, they haven't made up that much ground. Um, they were, there were so many teams that they need to, to leapfrog and it's still very, very congested, um, in the, you know, that bottom half of the Western conference, there's very little separating all the teams at this point. So it really is still, um, going to be a gargantuan task to overcome it and get into the, and get into the playoffs. And unfortunately in their third and final game of the week, uh, they traveled to Boston and uh, it did not go well. Uh, they did get off to a nice start in the game. Uh, Debrinket scored uh, kind of a, a surprising goal. It was kind of a bad goal by uh, um, Tukarask. And uh, but the Blackhawks were playing pretty well at that time. But then uh, Boston just it the wheels really fell off the Blackhawks. Boston pretty much dominated the game. Uh, from that point on. And uh, it was, this game was unfortunately very reminiscent of uh, a lot of the Blackhawks games from earlier in the year where there were long stretches of the game where they got hemmed in, in their own zone. 
they were turning the puck over when they did touch the puck, but there was long stretches where they just didn't even touch the puck. Uh, the they were still able to capitalize on some of the those high danger chances that they got. Um, Debrinket scored his 29th to keep that second line uh, scoring going, uh, and they did get a surprising goal from Duncan Keith. And uh, um, but then Eric Gustafson also scored uh, his 12th of the year, but uh, it it was really a, a a domination by the Bruins in the game. And unfortunately, Colin Deli, um it was not one of his better games. Uh, he probably could have kept it a little closer than it ended up being, but uh, you know, it was it was maybe one of his worst games of the year and it ended up being a six to three, six, six to three loss, excuse me. So uh, yeah, the Blackhawks were those first couple of periods. They were heavily outshot. Um, Boston got up pretty big. Hawks, you know, they, they put in a pretty good effort in the third period, but by that point the game was pretty much already in hand. So, yeah. And um, as well as things too, I guess, I don't know if it really affected the outcome of the game that much. But uh, the Blackhawks had a five on three in the first period. Yeah, they didn't do anything, and it was like the Bruins were just a steamroller after that. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, the the Bruins did end up with a, a five on three of their own. I want to say it was early in the third period or late in the second, and I thought, oh well, maybe that'll help the momentum swing back because the Blackhawks uh, were able to um, kill that off. But it it just it didn't matter the uh, the Bruins just kept kept coming and uh, yeah it just it was it was an ugly game for the Hawks and you know so it it was kind of a a, a bitter end to what had been a really nice streak uh, from the Hawks it did snap that seven game uh, winning streak um, but. You know, the, the, the Hawks have definitely uh, improved their playoff chances from what they were, um, you know, a few weeks ago when the streak started. But, you know, looking at it right now, uh, they are still four points behind uh, Minnesota, who now has that second wild card seed. They've taken it over from Vancouver. And, uh, at least in the, the case of the Wild, uh, there are no games in hand for Minnesota. They've uh, Both the, the Wild and the Hawks have both played 57 games. But uh, there's three teams in between them, including the Canucks, um, and then uh, Arizona and Colorado uh, are both tied with the Hawks at 55 points. Uh, unfortunately, both of those teams do have a game in hand against the Hawks. So there's still a lot of, lot of competition, and it's going to be a, a, a tough fight um, because also you, you can't even really count out Edmonton either, um, who are only two points behind the Blackhawks, but with two games in hand. So, you know, I it's going to be. Ask, um, yeah. yeah, I was going to ask, did the Wild lose yesterday? You know, I don't know. Um, well, they still have 50, they're still for 59 points, and I think they did. Yeah, they must have. Uh, but let, let me look real quick. Because they were they're playing here. the Flyers, who are not a very good team, but they were winning. But I think they might have 
They must have lost. Yeah. Yeah. Flyers ended up coming back and winning at five to four. Yeah, they're 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 your team that now there's those other teams that you're saying, but they're really haven't they lost? I think they've lost seven of eight or something like that. They're they're not playing yeah, well. And they lost my, uh, Miko Koivu for uh, the rest of the year with a knee injury. Um, so, you know, they were a team that, uh, you know, was probably already going to be looking for a little bit of offensive help. And, uh, you know, that's uh, – Koivu isn't quite the offensive player that he used to be, but he's – you know, he was their captain, a big part of that team, one of the better two-way players in the league still. So that's a pretty big blow to them. And – uh yeah. So, you know, we kind of talked about it last week, the entire, you know, you, you get past like the, the top five or so teams in the Western conference and the rest of the, 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 you know, the, the bottom 10 teams or whatever, it's just, you know, the, the bottom has really fallen out on all those teams. The Western conference is nowhere near as strong as uh, we thought it might be at the beginning of the year. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard to gauge where any of these teams are. I mean, none of the, it it wouldn't surprise me if anybody goes on a, you know, a five, six game winning streak followed by a five or six game losing streak. They're all, they all seem to have a lot of questions and uh, you know, but they also still have a little bit of talent where, you know, they get hot at the right time, just kind of like what the Blackhawks are coming off of with that, that seven game winning streak. You know, you get the you get the right guys hot at the right time, and you can rip off some wins. So, and of course, I'm now, not going to. Um, yeah, I was going to say too that the Blues have got to cool off at some point. They're even hotter than the Blackhawks right now. Yeah, um, which you know, it was uh, you know a, a big surprise to me just how slow of a start the Blues got off to this year, but. You know they're, they they they've definitely recovered and they're kind of back into the position that we all expected them to be in. Um, so yeah, they've got that seventh spot uh, right now, the the final wild or the the first wild card spot. Yeah, but they seem to be securing that uh, pretty well. There are a couple of points ahead of the wild with a couple of games in hand. So. You know, if they can even continue their streak for another couple of games, that that that's really, really going to solidify them. And you know, although it's not always the greatest indicator, if you a nice shorthand for you know just determining how how strong a team is is just looking at their goal differential. And uh, you know, of the wild card teams, you know, of the two wild card teams and all the teams that are chasing them. Uh, the Blues are the only one that's even close to scoring as many goals as they give up. Everybody else is in the red. Uh, the wide, or the the Blues are. I, well, let me look. Yeah, they're they're plus one right now. So, I, they've also got a pretty deep team. So, I would expect them to to hold on to one of those two wild card spots. Um. So everybody else, the other. Um, eight teams are all fighting for that second one and the Kings and the Ducks have both bottomed out and look like they're completely out of it. Um, yeah, and then yeah, got, if, yeah. If you're, by the way, I was going to say, if you're looking at one other team that might be kind of shaky, that's in the playoffs now, I wouldn't think that they would fall apart, but maybe better odds than the blues would be the uh, stars. 
Because they've been kind of shaky lately, but I still think they're going to make it. Yeah, I think they have enough of a cushion right now uh, where, yeah, I mean, they would be the only other team that I would think has any type of chance of falling apart. Um, obviously, they, they had their uh, um, kind of embarrassing organizational airing of dirty laundry uh, what was that a, a month or two back where uh, it was, it was the team president. Uh, I don't remember exactly who it was, but somebody in the front office really called out um, Jamie Ben and um, geez, now I'm totally forgetting his name. Seguin. Uh, Sagan. Yeah. Yeah. I say yeah Sagan. Tyler Sagan. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, just the sort of thing where you never see that, you know, publicly come out. Um, but it happened and yeah, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't place big money on them, you know, actually doing anything in the playoffs, but I, they're, they're pretty secure. And just, you know, like I said, everybody else that the Blackhawks are actually competing with, none of them are particularly good. Um, so I, I just, I, I can't really see anybody getting hot enough where they would really threaten any of those top six or seven teams. So. Yeah, it's just kind of a battle for that battle of attrition almost for that last spot. You know, like I said, if you know, the, the wild already have Koivu out, if anybody else suffers a, an important injury like that, it could knock them out as well. So, yeah, I I'm not going to bet on anybody for that, that eighth spot. I, I do think it's going to be a bloodbath um, to kind of get there. Um, and whoever does eventually win it is probably going to get bounced in the playoffs real quick. Uh, but hey, we'll see. It's going to at least keep the games interesting for a little while longer. Um, yeah, you know the Hawks really aren't uh, in a race for the bottom anymore. So yeah, that's good. Um, so there's a couple little news and notes. Um, uh, Colin Delia mm-hmm. signed a three-year extension for about a million yeah. a year. It looked like uh, that's a pretty solid move for yep. the Blackhawks. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm extremely happy with that move. I, I mean, Delia has certainly uh, had a couple of bad games here and there, but in a lot of ways, he's just he reminds me so much of Crawford. Um, he doesn't have the same type of rebound control. That's the the one thing uh, to me. Delia really needs to to work on. Um, but you see the size, you see the athleticism. It's very similar to what Corey Crawford was early on. And uh, I, I really think he can be a, a strong goaltender in the NHL. Um, does have a tendency to let in some soft goals at times. Um, but that was something that Crawford was also susceptible to early in his career. Um, so if he cleans that up, uh, I, he has all the tools necessary to, to, to be the guy for the Blackhawks. So it, it's, it's a deal that, um, you know, allows them, you know, some protection against Crawford next year. Uh, Crawford's got one, one year left on his deal, um, at $6 million cap hit. So, you know, you go, you head into next year with Crawford and Delia and you'd feel pretty secure with that. Um, you kind of feel like you'd have a one, a and a one B, uh, starting goaltender, Delia is good enough to kind of share that load with Crawford, kind of take some of the pressure off of him. 
And if Crawford does continue to have con- concussion issues, you would feel pretty good about Delia, um, you know, taking over and the season not really falling apart like, you know, we've like we saw it last year. Um, yeah, and also so, I was going to say um, Crawford is skating with the team a little bit, but it doesn't sound like he's anywhere close to coming back. Yeah, I would say we're probably a couple of weeks away. Um, he did come out and say that he is fully intending to play. He never thought about retiring. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, good for him, I guess. Um, I, I, ex- I I didn't expect anything different from Crawford. He's he, he's kind of been a guy that you know he's he's shown that he wants to play. He's not looking for anything but to play hockey sort of thing. So I, I, even if he would suffer another setback, you know, if he, if he does come back later this year and plays and even has another concussion, I think he would continue to try to play. Um, but, you know, so like I said, I, 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 unless he's completely healthy for the entire season next year, I, I would struggle to see the Blackhawks extending him at least at a starter's rate beyond that. Um, but you know, the nice thing with the Delia deal is it gives them a lot of options. Cause that, I mean, at a million dollars for the next three years, if they feel like they need somebody better than Delia, if he doesn't develop the way that they want, it still leaves them with plenty of cap room to, you know, either extend Crawford or bring in somebody else to take the, the starting gig. But if Delia does develop the way that I think he can, and I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that he will, uh, those final two years of the deal after Crawford's gone, if you can have Delia as a capable starting goaltender at a million dollars per season, it just, it opens up so many possibilities for the Blackhawks. Um, it, it really gives them options to be able to fill in any holes elsewhere in the lineup um, and also extend guys like Debrinket and Strom and not really having to worry um, about running out of cap space in those, in those deals. Cause that um, after next season um, is when uh, Debrinket and Strom will both be uh, restricted free agents now. Obviously, it's a little too early to tell what 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 to expect in any kind of Strom deal, um, just because we've only seen it for you know twenty games or so here. Yeah, but you but, got you got pretty consistent for Debrinket. He's yeah, for yeah, like sixty goals for two years. Yeah, at no point in Debrinket's NHL career has he looked like anything other than a good goal scorer, and he's just he's built on what was already a successful rookie season. And yeah, I mean, what was it? There's only a couple of guys in Blackhawks history that have gotten to, um, you know, 50 goals uh, quicker than him. And yeah. uh, So, you know, you're looking at probably at least $8 million a year to extend him beyond next year, especially if you try to make it a long-term deal and buy out some of his free agent years. So the that Delia deal really gives them a lot of insurance there, um, especially if Delia ends up becoming the, the, the starter. Um, but, 
you know, you also have Crawford's contract coming up at the same time as that. So my guess is a lot of that Crawford money ends up getting directed towards, towards, uh, to bring it. But, um, yeah, so yeah, that, I, I saw nothing but news out of that deal. It, it, it and even if Delia completely bombs and isn't even worth being a, a backup, he, he, you can bury him in the minors and there's only like a, I think it's a $50,000 cap hit um, yeah. for doing so. So yeah, no, it's a great deal for the Blackhawks. All right. I'll just touch real quick. Uh, David camp is going to be out for a few weeks, but as the fourth line for the Blackhawks has been so interchangeable, I mean, yeah. it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. I mean, camp's been nice defensively and he provides a little bit of energy, but um, after getting a little bit of a jolt, uh, after Colleton took over, he took on a kind of an expanded role and seemed to, to be playing with a little more confidence. Uh, he's kind of fallen back to earth a little bit the last few weeks uh, prior to getting hurt. And it, he just, he, he doesn't have a lot of finish to his game right now. Um, he's doing a better job of generating chances than he did last year. And I, I think he is proving that he can be a capable fourth line player, but at least at this point, uh, he's, he's not, he's not chipping in enough offense where, um, you know, you're really going to miss him, uh, being out of the lineup. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it provides like Chris Kuhn, it's an opportunity to get in his 1000th game and whatever. Yeah. I, it, the fourth line's not playing well enough where, you know, you, it's that big of a deal. It, the fourth line's pretty much been a disaster most of the year. Um, Hayden continues to do nothing, in my opinion. Uh, Brandon Perlini is just not a good hockey player. <laughs> I don't even know what he's doing most of the time. He, he just seems to be standing around, never using his skating. Um when he does get the puck, he tends to turn it over. Um, yeah. So yeah, both of those guys, uh, you know, they look like good hockey players. They have tools, but they just, they don't know how to use them. And, and he uh, can't even score in a penalty shot. So yeah. Um, I would love to see some other team, you know, get intrigued by those tools and come calling and try and take a, a chance on one or both of those guys. And, uh, I won't miss them. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't think either one of them ever become the, the type of player that was once hoped of them. So, yeah. Well, um, then one more thing I'll talk about before we do the preview, which is the black X power play is really turned around. I mean, they went from like 31st to 10th, but that penalty kill is still 31st. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't show any signs of getting better either. Yeah, it's a real Achilles oh. heel. I, I I don't know what else we can really add to that, but it's just that's what like in yeah. the Bruins game it hurt him and yeah, it did really hurt him in the Bruins game. You are right. It was it was, and that was up against a good Bruins power play, and yeah, the the Hawks just had no answer for it. And you know the unfortunate thing to me is. You know, I'm not really sure what the path to improving it is. They they are trying to be more aggressive and force the other team into bad passes and turnovers. And unfortunately, right now, all it's doing is leading to open guys. <laughs> um, well, a lot of leading, cross yeah, ice it's, passes. It's leading to open guys and to uh, an uptick in five on threes. So, 
Yes, that too. That too. Yes, they are. They are doing a lot more chasing and it's leading to, yeah, some mistakes and, um, you know, just guys getting involved in physical plays and then they're getting beat and they have to hook somebody or hold somebody to, um, you know, prevent an even better scoring chance. So yeah, it's not going well. And I, I just, I don't know what the answer is right now. Cause I mean, you are using, you know, proven penalty killers like Taves and Saad and Kruger and, you know, all these guys that have shown they can do it in the past. Um, you know, Duncan Keith, all these guys, but it's just, it's not working. Um, yeah. So, I think the best yeah. advice you could probably give is just try not to commit many penalties. Cause if you do, it's going to really yeah. hurt. Yeah. Thankfully the Blackhawks don't have a ton of guys that, you know, I, I think, I think Connor Murphy's leading the team in penalty minutes and he does uh, commit quite a few. Um, but, you know, we also have guys like Patrick Kane who rarely commits them and Dominic Cahoon who hasn't committed a penalty all year, um, which is always nice to see. I, uh, um, you know, a guy like that who, you know, isn't involved in a lot of physical play. Um, but is also very responsible defensively uh, mm-hmm. that he's one of the few forwards that that kind of does his job consistently in the defensive zone. I feel I will and say that. Uh, he hasn't, yeah, I will say that Cahoon's really started to grow on me. We were talking about it a little bit yeah. earlier, but he's playing a lot better lately. And yeah, he might be a guy you keep mm-hmm. around for a while. Yeah, I agree. Um, he, he definitely showed his passing ability earlier in the year. Um, he played a lot with Taves on the top line um, with both Debrinket and Saad uh, kind of being the, the third guy on that line kind of rotating through. And he didn't look out of place there. Um, he, he's a little, he's, he, he is definitely pass first. And especially early in the year, he was kind of hesitant to shoot. Uh, I think a lot of his improvement of late has been, uh, showing a little bit more aggressiveness, being a little more willing to shoot. Um, but he's also had a lot of uh, success, uh, you know, just good chemistry with, with Strom and Debrinkit. So, yeah. Um, and then, you know, you add in the fact that he doesn't take stupid penalties or any penalties and also, um, you know, does, does take care of business in the defensive zone. And yeah, I definitely think he's a guy that, um, you know, they're going to keep around, uh, you know, at least for next season, he's still signed for next season at dirt cheap. Um, and then, uh, the, the team also signed or well, uh, traded for, and they haven't signed him yet, but they, um, said that they are planning to sign, uh, uh I'm trying to remember what his first name is, but, uh, his last name is Kubalik. Um, another guy from, uh, the European leagues where, um, you know, the, the Hawks have obviously had a lot of success bringing guys over like camp, like Cahoon. Um, he's a guy that was a, a pick of the, uh, LA Kings a while back. Um, but he never, never came over. Uh, they were never able to get him signed, but, uh, apparently he's a guy who played with, uh, Cahoon at one point, And I think, uh, um, and camp at one point too. So, uh, the, both of those guys came out and said that they think he's a pretty good player. Um, and, uh, it just by the track record of success that the Hawks have had with these type of guys, um, they deserve the benefit of the doubt that this guy might be able to, you know, be a contributor. So I'm looking forward to seeing that next year, just 
you know, even if he only ends up being a third or fourth line guy, um, like camp instead of, uh, you know, a potential top six guy like Cahoon, uh, you know, it'll be fun to see. Yeah. But that was the other thing I was just going to add is that, uh, Strom and, and Debrinket have this kind of, you know, they were roommates and stuff, but they have this, like, I don't know what the call it, mind meld, whatever, but they yeah. seem to, they're, I think what it, um, Pat Foley was describing them like the Sedine twins. I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it is, they kind of do have that where they yeah, know each other's going to be. Not quite that far. Uh, the, uh, the Sedines definitely had, uh, you know, <laughs> a connection on the ice where there was, you know, very rarely, uh, you know, more than if, if, if one or if one of them had the puck, um, you, you kind of had a feeling that the other one would be getting the puck within, you know, three or four seconds. And, uh, you know, they, they definitely were able to, you know, work that connection pretty well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stroman to bring it, it's, it's, uh, it's still a struggle a little bit in the defensive zone, uh, for Strom. Uh, and he's definitely not a guy that's leading the rush through the neutral zone very often. Uh, his skating still is a bit of an issue in those areas, but once you get established in the offensive zone, um, we're starting to see why he was the third pick in the draft and, uh, you know, was such a prolific scorer in, in junior hockey, um, with, uh, Debrinket being on his wing for part of the, that success in juniors. And now we're seeing it again in the pros. So yeah, <laughs> um, definitely, uh, you know, a very good thing for the Blackhawks. I mean, you look at that second line with Debrinket, Strom, and Cahoon, all three of those guys are under contract next year for, uh, well, I think Cahoon makes like 1 million and the other two are under a million. You know, they're still on their entry-level deals. So you get that second-line production that we've been late and you're able to translate that over a full season with basically no money invested in them, that that is that's huge so yeah yeah well i guess we'll get to the preview now um okay once again three games seems to be the norm three games um first game is uh tomorrow night uh thursday at in chicago at uh at 7 30 central time against the devils now the devils are of course as we've talked about before not good but the blackhawks struggled with them in New Jersey, they gave up a lot of goals to him. Although that was a game where they just, they didn't play very well, but um, the devils are not good. And the rest of the teams in the playoff hunt have been beating up on them. So probably help of the Blackhawks did that. Uh, then Saturday night, again in Chicago at seven thirty. although this is the NBA all-star break. So Blackhawks don't usually play Saturday night. Um, home games, but since uh, the Bulls are off, uh, they've got one this week, and they're playing the Blue Jackets, who are kind of up and down. Um, They're a playoff team, but they've had some games where they have not been uh, very good. So you never know what to expect from them. And then Monday night, another home game against a team even worse than the Devils, the Ottawa Senators, who the uh, Blackhawks played... um, opening night and won a wild five to four game. So yeah, we've got three games, uh, two of them for sure 
are winnable. And, uh, you know, the Columbus one, maybe it, it, you know, it depends. Uh, you know, the, the blue jackets are in kind of a tough spot with, uh, Artemi Panarin and Sergei Bobrovsky. Uh, I do think they are intending to keep them, uh, for the rest of this year, uh, to try and make a run in the playoffs, but both of those guys are pending free agents and have shown no, um, there's been no movement on either one of them getting extended in Columbus. So there's always the possibility that one or both of those guys get moved, which would obviously put a, a you know, a pretty big dent in that team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the other two games are against bad teams and all three of the games are at home for the Blackhawks. So, you know, it's definitely an opportunity to kind of keep this ball rolling and, uh, you know, continue to build towards, you know, that, that recovery and getting back into the playoffs. So, yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, you can never guarantee any game, but like if they don't win those two games against the bad teams, they're probably not, that's probably maybe not the end of their playoff chances, but close. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is a, you know, we talked about last week being a, a big opportunity, you know, playing against the team that they were in direct competition with and needing to take two out of the three games. Uh, it, same thing this week. I, I, they pretty much have to take two out of three pretty much every week. Um, but, you know, in one way, you, you have a little bit of salvation in that uh, both the Devils and the Senators are in the other conference. So, you know, they're, they're not in competition with you for those playoff spots. They're not four point swings, but yeah, I mean, three home games, two of them against bad teams. This is an opportunity and the Blackhawks aren't going to have many opportunities like that the rest of the year. So yeah, definitely take need to take advantage. Yep. And I guess that's where we'll, where we'll leave it now. Um, as always, uh, I'm STH 85 on Twitter. Michael is MJ underscore Ernst. Yep. And you can always subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just look for the emergency goalies and um, until next week. uh, Good night.